Hello and welcome to Dealcast. I'm Juliana Needham. This week we have a special edition of the podcast looking at global changes in merger control. We'll be hearing about what's happening in Europe, the US and China. Joining me are some of our top merger control journalists, Francesca Micheletti, who's the Associate Editor for Merger Control in Europe, Joseph Tippograph, who is the Washington DC Bureau Chief, and Xian Wen Lu, who is a regulatory reporter from Beijing. Welcome to you all. So firstly, let's have a look at some of the key developments at the European Commission, at MOFCOM, and in the US at the Department of Justice and the FTC. Um, Francesca, starting with you. Uh, yes, well, in Europe, we are nearing the end of competition commissioner Margaret de Stagger's term. She is eager, she appears eager to remain in Brussels, but this uh, does not seem to be the idea that Denmark has in mind. So we need to see what will happen with that. The EC has just cleared Bar Monsanto uh, as we're waiting for the DOJ to deliver uh, its decision. It has shown, uh, again, a strong focus on innovation in, uh, in merger review, uh, with a considerable part of the remedies being dedicated to R&D. Generally speaking, we're seeing quite burdensome uh, uh, merger filings with um, conspicuous uh, requests for information. Uh, which are triggering more and more stop-the-clock during the review. Parties are also complaining about excessively heavy uh, filing procedure with lots of information, lots of data to to submit. This is trying to address this through uh, guidance on on handling requests for information. Uh, another topic that is hot on the Brussels agenda is cross-ownership. This is uh, putting some, some focus on uh, scrutinizing uh, when large institutional investors have shares in competing companies. And Siamwen, coming to you, what, what are the major developments? We, we know that Mofcom is being replaced for, for merger control. Can you tell us how that's progressing? Uh, okay, sure. Um, the biggest change uh, regarding China's merger review is, uh, you know, China is consolidating its three antitrust agencies. And uh, yes, the antitrust uh, functions previously and uh, MAFCOM and uh, another agency called the National Development and Reform Commission or the NDRC now will be transferred to the new agency called uh, the State Administration for Market Regulation, SAMR. So yeah, uh, literally from uh, April 20th, this new agency, SAMR, will be responsible for issuing uh, merger review decisions. Essentially, it does not change much since it's still the same group of people uh, dealing with those cases and still the same group of case handlers moving from moving to a new office building. But uh, when it comes to um, the approval of uh, normal cases, since they need the send-off from the minister level, and now it will be the, those leaders and the seminar that will give their send-off to let the deal go. And Joe, coming to you, what are the main developments we're seeing in the U.S.? Thank you for having me, Juliana. At the Department of Justice, the story of the day um, for the last month and longer has been the Department of Justice trial against the AT&T Time Warner merger. This was the first vertical merger that the Department of Justice has challenged in over 40 years. The law is very untested in this area. And so the outcome of this trial can have sweeping implications for mergers going forwards. At the FTC, the story of the day is the turnover at the top. We are on the cusp of having only one commissioner 
in a panel of five in place. Uh, Commissioner Terrell McSweeney is expected to depart very shortly, which would leave just acting chairman Maureen Olhausen there. We do have five new appointees who we expect to be coming in at any point, uh, but it appears right now that their confirmations are still awaiting Senate confirmation. As far as the commissioners are concerned, we have a very interesting makeup that, that will be reviewing the deals that the FTC looks at. On one hand, we have two traditional antitrust lawyers. On the other end of the spectrum, the two Democratic commissioners are not coming from an antitrust background. And that leaves us with our fifth commissioner, who is Noah Phillips. Uh, Noah Phillips does have a legal background. He was a practicing lawyer. He could be the swing vote on a lot of matters. Where we see cases at the margins, it will be interesting to watch how he comes out and how he starts to formulate his policy and his view of things. His connection to John Cornyn is also interesting because John Cornyn, Senator John Cornyn, is leading the CFIUS reform efforts at the same time, which is something we can also discuss. That leads very nicely onto my next question. There's been a rise in scrutiny of foreign investments outside of traditional merger control. Um, In the US, there's been an uptick in, in deals being blocked by CFIUS, so should we expect more scrutiny going forward? Oh, it's ramping up. We recently saw the White House block the attempted acquisition of Qualcomm by Broadcom. The White House's decision to block this deal was bold and unprecedented on several fronts. For starters, Broadcom is a Singapore-based company that was in the process of re-domiciling to the U.S specifically to address CFIUS concerns on a separate transaction. The way that the White House approached this deal, it almost rushed to block this deal before Broadcom was able to re-domicile and arguably escape CFIUS review. Not only did the president block the deal from happening now, he took it as an opportunity to block it from ever occurring. Additionally, the concerns in the transaction was not actually related to Broadcom's status as a foreign entity. The concerns the White House expressed related to competition between China and the U.S. in developing 5G technology. They had nothing to do with the fact that Broadcom was based in Singapore. Lastly, there was not even a merger on the table that CFIUS and the White House blocked. It was a plan to replace the board. They proactively prevented that board from being replaced, and affirmatively prevented the transaction from ever occurring. Now we see efforts in Congress to expand CFIUS's authority even further than what we've already seen. And Francesca, the EC is considering proposals for CFIUS-style scrutiny. How's that progressing? Yes, well, what the EC will come up with will probably be a pale version of CFIUS. Uh, uh, there are different difficulties um, because obviously each member state in the EU has, uh, uh, some of them have their own uh, uh, investment screening uh, mechanisms in place. So what the EC is proposing to do is simply to coordinate them. Um, so roughly half of EU member states have an investment screening mechanism in place. Um, this is trying to right now to gather data on it and like to figure out how this kind of mechanism, centralized mechanism, would work. Uh, things are proceeding slowly, as it is with any uh, legislative proposal of this kind. Uh, discussions are ongoing with the European Parliament, the European Council. 
Um, the current Bulgarian presidency was aiming to wrap up on a proposal by June, but this is looking unlikely, so it will likely be passed on to the Austrian presidency in the second half of this year. Okay, thank you. And Xiaowen, what about in, in China? How do the agencies review deals on national security grounds? Mothcom has been trying to establish itself, it's trying very hard actually to establish itself as um, uh, independent and professional antitrust agency. And uh, you know, uh, from uh, those intervention rates, Mothcom has actually has a lower intervention rate in those cross-border deals revealed by other jurisdictions. But uh, China's anti-monopoly law has uh, does has a provision that says um, China's merger review agency can review a case uh, from the perspective of whether it affects China's national economy. Great, thank you. Thank you all very much and thank you for listening.